Welcome back to Beyond Well. I'm Sheila Hamilton along with Dr. James Polo. Thank you very much. And I'm glad to be back. I hope you had a great holiday. And well, I certainly did. Yeah. I'm very curious. Do you make resolutions? Uh, Believe it or not, I actually do. Wow. Would you mind sharing what yours are? Yeah, my resolution this year actually is a little bit simple. My resolution this year is to read more and spend a little bit less time on my my tablets. Mm, yeah, I think that's a really healthy one. That's probably yeah, well, one with, being shared by a lot of people. With all of our, you know, social distancing and staying at home, I've actually fallen into spending a little bit more time online, a little more time doing kind of useless things. And yeah, so that's my goal this time. Yeah, that's awesome. So what in a clinical sense, what is a resolution? Well, you know, resolutions are, are usually about setting some kind of goal when you start something that's new. It's usually about committing to either do something or committing to not doing something. So that's Mm -hmm. usually what resolutions are about. And do you find, Dr. Polo, that most people struggle with starting something new or quitting something that they've been doing previously? Yes. it's, It's not an easy thing to do. And is that just because the repetitive nature of our behaviors gets so ingrained in our nervous system and in our brains that stopping or starting it is really, really difficult? It's a variety of factors uh, that go into it. Um, Usually what we're doing is we're reflecting on something of the past Mm. so that we can then make some kind of a change going forward. Yeah. And so more often than not, we're going against whatever it is that we've been doing or mm. whatever it is that we've not been doing, which is usually more ingrained. It sounds to me like one of the most important things you can do when you make a resolution is to acknowledge that it's going to be very difficult. You can't just put out there, yeah, I'm going to lose 50 pounds or yeah, I'm going to quit smoking and just think it's going to be easy because you've made the resolution, correct? That's correct. So how do we begin creating a pattern that is more healthy so that we can accommodate this new change? So one of the things about, about setting some kind of a resolution is that you have to put actually quite a bit of effort into the planning ahead of time before you Mm. even get to whatever it is that you're going to do. I usually uh, tell folks it's, it's okay to think big, but you're going to need to plan small. So, you know, one of the first things to do when you're really uh, thinking about setting some kind of a resolution is you want to choose something, first of all, that's meaningful to you, that makes a difference to you, but you also want to make sure that you're setting some pretty reasonable goals. Mm. And so when you say, I'm going to lose 25 pounds, you're not going to lose 25 pounds in a week, but can you begin making more healthy choices around vegetables? Is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Well, uh, that is, that is a great example um, because part of making some kind of a resolution is being very specific in what your goals are going to be. Gee, I want to lose 25 pounds. That's, that's a, that might be a very good goal, but breaking it down into parts and pieces so that you can create a plan is what helps folks trying to achieve. And one of the specificities might be, well, how is it that I'm going to lose, you know, 25 pounds? Well, one of the ways is by increasing my intake of vegetables or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Much of the failure, I believe, of resolutions comes about because people don't understand their own psychology. So for instance, the person who wants to lose 25 pounds isn't actually thinking about the fact that they're eating because they're lonely or because they're very sad or because they're very stressed out from their job. And so there's a way in which 
resolution making is kind of divorced from the self-knowledge about what's happening internally a little bit. Yes. You know, one of the things that I usually recommend is that when you've created a re resolution of what you're going to do, create a list for yourself of the, of the reasons of why you want to do this. What are the pros mm -hmm. and what are the cons of not doing it so that you remind yourself, what is the why that I'm doing it now? Now, with regard to our psychological processes inside, remember that usually you're trying to change something that you already have been doing. And more often than not, whatever it is that you already have been doing has some kind of gratification to it. Yeah. And so you got to recognize part of a resolution usually is giving up some kind of gratification in the short term because of what you're trying to achieve in the long term. Yeah. How, how many of your uh, patients, clients, people that you know in, in the workplace are actually successful at their resolution versus how many people fail? Well, studies show that about 80 to 90% of people that set New Year's resolutions actually fail within six weeks. So wow. most folks, if they start, you know, right away at the, at the beginning of January, most folks have given up um, by about the second week of February. And, you know, I'll just share with you, I, I've seen this uh, as a personal experience in the sense that I'm pretty engaged in, in fitness. I love going to the gym. I, I've always done that for many years. It's just a habit. But I always, I always notice in January, the gym is overflowing with people. Uh, and sure enough, by the end of January, early February, they're all gone. The most common resolutions revolve around fitness and weight loss. Those are the yeah. most common. I, I think it would be super hopeful if in addition to the planning specifically, you could maybe give people some of the questions that they might want to be thinking about in order to make true and lasting changes in their lives. So what, for instance, would be the questions that you would ask someone who has put out a goal of 25 pounds by January 30th or something? Right. You know, it goes back to, first of all, thinking about the why. You know, if you're setting a resolution, what is it about this resolution that your feeling there's something in it for you. There's some positive to gain or potentially you're committing to maybe avoid something that's that's been harmful. For identifying what that is and really breaking it down gives you kind of a sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. But success is really more about the how rather than the why. So yeah. success is really about creating a plan that really is very specific and gives you targets along the way. You know, so for example, if somebody says, well, I want to lose 25 pounds, that might be a good goal. But saying I want to lose 25 pounds over a period of three months is now more specific. And mm -hmm. now you can actually break it down. Well, if I want to lose 25 pounds in three months, I need to lose maybe roughly, you know, eight pounds each month. And if I'm going to lose eight pounds each month, then maybe I need to lose about two pounds each week. And now you can begin to create little steps along the way that you can set as your intermediary goals that makes it a little bit more achievable. That's just specificity with weight. The additional specificity is, well, how am I going to do that? Well, one of the ways is I'm going to increase exercise. Mm -hmm. So just saying I'm going to increase exercise though is not good enough. Hey, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week for one hour each. And at the gym, I'm going to do 40 minutes of cardio and 20 minutes of stretching, creating a very, very specific plan that gives you actions that you can actually write down and then follow. 
I want to talk about procrastination because I have noticed um, during COVID, you know, when the days seem to, hours seem to move into days, into weeks, that it's very difficult to start on a new goal or to start on a new project. There's sort of an inertia that I feel that I've never had before when I was in and out of different areas of business and commerce and life was a little bit more pressured. Um, so I'm curious if you define procrastination for me and maybe talk about the different types of procrastination. And is it part of my overall kind of avoidance technique that I've noticed in myself since I was young? Sure. You know, in its simplest form, procrastination is putting something off that you either want to do or need to do, but putting it off because you just don't want to do it at the time that really would be the best time. You know, kids typically procrastinate with homework. Um, that's a very common example in kids. But procrastination is one of those things where we generally tend to kind of put off those things that are either uncomfortable or things that are hard. Mm. And remember that when you set a resolution and you tell yourself you're going to make a change, change is hard. Now, what's interesting about New Year's resolution, if you think about it, is procrastination is built into it almost before you ever start. Because think about it. We say to ourselves in October, you know what? I'm going to make a New Year's resolution to do something and I'm going to put it off until January 1st rather than <laughs> right. you know, start tomorrow. Oh my gosh, okay. that's, a, that's a perfect example. So, so <laughs> we kind of already start with this idea that I'm putting it off. Now, I like to turn that around on folks. I, I usually say, hey, listen, Go ahead and set a date in the future, not because you're holding off, but because you're actually taking the time to prepare and get ready so that once you start, you're actually committed. Um, but I think the, the, important, the important reason why procrastination plays such a critical factor is because I think what happens for a lot of folks, they do get started. Maybe they didn't plan well. Uh, maybe they didn't commit Maybe they're not tracking their progress. And so they either, you know, they drop off early. Sometimes people even just forget they made a commitment. Yeah, and before right. you know it, they say, ah, I'm not going to do it. What is the border between a, a person who comes to you worried about their procrastination, that they're letting their reports go until the night before or something that they knew they had to deliver until right up to deadline versus a person who simply cannot get enough energy to get it done? Do you begin worrying about depression at that point, Dr. Polo? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, all of us to some degree during, you know, our life um, do actually procrastinate. We put things off that are, that are challenging. When you see a pattern that's actually beginning to impact your life, that's a problem. So, for example, the college student that procrastinates to study where they then do get failing grades when they clearly know they could easily master the material and pass that that's now impacting them. So yeah. that procrastination is really kind of dysfunctional mm -hmm. because you will also hear some people that say, Hey, listen, sometimes I do some of my best work when I kind of hold off a little bit mm -hmm. and that, you know, that week before or those, those two days before I just get this boost of energy and, and what I end up producing is really good. So sometimes procrastination for some folks can actually kind of push them to perform. Yeah. But when it's actually affecting you and, and creating, you know, some consequences, that's a problem. 
Now, your question also touched on the thought that, well, what if it's not procrastination? What if it's something more than procrastination? Generally, I go looking for, hey, it's not about I don't want to do something because it's hard. It's about I just don't even have the motivation or the energy. Now I do start worrying about, well, you know, is depression going on? Mm-hmm. And do you see procrastination um, as evident in anxiety as you do in depression, or is it more a hallmark of a person who is deeply depressed? Well, it can be part of both. Remember that when folks are anxious and worried about something, that all by themselves can make them be tentative before they do certain things. So that can yeah. sometimes be perceived as procrastination. And then with depression, you know, oftentimes people do have difficulties just getting themselves going. And so that can actually uh, lead to putting things off that that are difficult. I've often wanted to just devote an entire episode to perfectionism with you, but I would imagine that perfectionism has a lot to do with the reason some people procrastinate. Yes. Sometimes people are so perfectionistic that they don't feel they can measure up to what they need to do or what they want to do. And in fact, you will sometimes hear of people that hold off on doing things because their their fear of not being able to master it completely, they'd rather not fail at all. Mm. And so sometimes people can actually hold themselves back because they're their own worst enemy. So Dr. Polo, what are some of your tips so that people can be more successful in creating these new goals and resolutions? It's important, first of all, to really set realistic goals. So, so if, if you're setting a goal to lose weight, make sure that the amount of weight that you're going to set is actually a reasonable amount for, for where you're starting. And it's important to be specific about those goals. If you just say you're going to lose weight, that's very different than saying, I want to lose 10 pounds. It's also important to plan ahead and actually write your plan down. What are the actual steps? What are the actions that you need to actually then take and line those, line those out almost in a timeline fashion so that you've got a, a kind of a roadmap that's telling you where you want to go. I often recommend making a list of pros and cons and posting it where you can see it. This will remind you what's going to be the benefit and what is going to be maybe not so good if, if you're not able to, to follow through. It's also good to talk about what you're planning to do with others. In one way, this makes it real to you. You've shared it with other people and and you're now really committing to it. And so to some degree that begins to hold you accountable, but a great way to really be accountable, launch off on your resolution with a partner. So if you want to, you know, work out and lose weight, Find somebody else, a friend that wants to do the same thing. Make it a game. Make it almost a competition. You can not only encourage each other, but on those days when you're not motivated, they'll motivate you. Now, um, I generally recommend tracking your progress. When we make a New Year's resolution, very often the improvement that you're going to see is very little over, you know, quite a bit of time. And if you're not careful, you may not realize that you're actually making progress. And so tracking it can give you something visually to look at where you can say to yourself, wow, Mm. I've lost two pounds in the last two weeks. Whereas two more weeks later, you might say, wow, I've now lost six pounds. 
So actually tracking that progress and even giving yourself some rewards along the way can mm-hmm. go a long way to kind of encouraging you to commit to continuing with your resolution. It seems like it's kind of important for people to have rewards that are beneficial to the process and not the very behaviors that got them in trouble. <laughs> well, remember, there's usually a reward for doing whatever it is that you want to change. And so what you want to do is you want to give yourself rewards to make that change. And then finally, you got to give yourself a break. It's okay if you have a little slip up. It's okay if you miss something. You don't need to beat yourself up and tell you that you're failed, but rather, hey, I missed out and I'm ready to recommit and I'm ready to continue with where I left off. Dr. Polo, you are always so incredibly helpful. Thanks again for being part of this team. I really do want to, at some point, um, learn how to sort of break the chains of perfectionism because I'm sure that we have a lot of people who would have questions around that. If you have them, feel free to email me at Sheila.Hamilton at BeyondWell. And also, please give us a thumbs up if you happen to listen to the podcast and love it as much as we love doing it. Make it a great day. Bye.